everyone. Welcome back to Chasing the Light. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. This week's topic is Blind Eyes in the Public Light. This came to mind as I've done a lot of traveling this summer. We just got back from a trip to North Carolina with our boys. We took them to see the kickoff game for the FC Summer Series in the United States. So if you are not a soccer fan or don't follow it, um, the FC Series is essentially the preseason for um, the Premier League and such um, in Europe. And, and we watched Chelsea versus Wrexham at Keenan Stadium on the University of North Carolina's campus. So it was a really, really great experience. It was super hot in North Carolina. Like, it's very hot where we live, but the humidity just seemed a lot more intense down there for some reason. But I was just reminded of the difficulties that an individual could experience through traveling or just going into public in general, if they're living with blindness or visual impairments in general. So I'll start with our vacation, just since it's so fresh in my mind. Um, One of the first things that we do whenever we get into a hotel is, you know, we go to the room and kind of explore the room a little bit. And then, you know, we always go and start seeing where different things are, like where's the pool, where's the gym, because I had mentioned in previous entries that I'm like a health and fitness fanatic, and that does not stop whenever I go on vacations or travel anywhere. Like I try my best to stay on the same routine where I'm still getting up early, I'm still doing my workouts, um, and you know I'm still trying to eat healthy and stay on track with health and wellness and you know fitness and nutrition throughout wherever I am. So one of the things that is super challenging for me whenever I'm going into a hotel is first the lighting. Like a lot of times the lighting is very dim when you're going into a hotel or a restaurant. Um, Sometimes the floor looks the same as the walls and sometimes all of it looks the same as the ceiling. So, you know, it can get pretty tricky um, trying to get oriented in a new place like a hotel or, you know, getting into an elevator. And, you know, thankfully I know Braille now and I can you know, read the different numbers and such in Braille on the elevator. But before, I didn't know Braille, so elevators were very stressful to me. And honestly, I still take the stairs um, if I can. Like, if we're not staying on, like, the 10th floor and the gym's on the bottom floor, like, I will take the stairs over the elevator every time just because of the stress of um, not being able to see what floor we're on, Um and those types of things. I feel like I have more control when I'm traveling up and down the stairs other than the different kinds of challenges that could come with depth perception and such. But um, I definitely take the stairs if, if I have the choice. 
Uh, but that takes some landmarking too, whenever I'm doing that, because I, I can't always see the floor numbers whenever I'm going past certain doors. So I have to really pay attention and count as I'm going from that 10th floor to the fifth floor or wherever the gym may be. Um, so when we get to the hotel, we see our room, we usually go find the gym and then Zach helps me get familiarized with like where the sanitary wipes are. So like whenever I finish a machine, I can wipe it off and clean it where the fresh towels are, where the water dispenser is. I kind of look for some potential obstacles that might be in my way. And, you know, that really has helped me, you know, as I'm losing my vision and we are doing more traveling recently um familiarizing myself with a situation is definitely very very helpful um you know no matter where I am um another thing that I have to do is get oriented in the room itself I definitely struggle when we go into a room because again the the lighting isn't that great I'm not used to um, where certain things are placed and for instance when we were in North Carolina um, we stayed at a Hampton and the lighting in the bathroom is super super bright so I get up in the morning and I, you know, go in the bathroom, wash my face, but there's no like dimming on the light. It's super bright. My eyes are just like going from dark in the room to the bathroom. And, you know, it's a quite an adjustment. And on the last morning that we were there, I was, you know, moving my things around and getting ready to go to the gym. And I slammed my face off of a shelf. I didn't see this shelf. It blended in with the wall to me. I didn't even know it was there. We stayed there for two nights. I didn't even realize it was there. Um, so that's a matter of me also slowing down some, but man, it gets stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. Now I will not stop traveling. I will not, you know, stay home and hide away and not have life's experiences, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's, it's easy to go out in public. There are just so many uncertainties when you go out in public, so many things that, you know, are unexpected. Um, I go in, like when we go into a restaurant, the lighting is never good in a restaurant. I don't think I've been in a restaurant yet where lighting is good. The menu is very, very small and cluttered. Um, so thankfully, I can use my phone now and kind of go into open the camera and zoom into the menu or most restaurants have the menu online so you can look ahead of time and these are just little things that I've kind of picked up along the way to prepare myself for these situations that would potentially be stressful whereas before I might have just ordered chicken tenders and french fries everywhere I went because that was a safe bet every place had it and I didn't have to look in the at the menu like you know but I don't want to do that I don't I don't want to just do something that's a safe bet. I would like to try different things. So I'm going to use the tools that I have to be able to try these things. 
And thankfully, technology allows us to do more in, in that department. But I still, you know, even with a, a cane, when I do decide to take my cane into a restaurant or a public place, I still need some guidance at certain times um, just because I lose whoever I'm trailing. Like sometimes Zach will take the lead and I may have my cane or something, but I don't see where he turns and I'm like going straight and he's turned left. And, um, you know, he's usually really good about turn left and, you know, kind of directing those certain things. And the boys are really good about it, but you know, sometimes they forget (laughs) and it's, that's, it's normal. I don't try not to get upset with them, but sometimes I get frustrated too. So it's, it's all a process. It's all a learning thing. And, um, you know, Again, we don't we don't go out to eat too too much. You know, I like to stay home and cook and you know have a nice healthy meal for the family. But on vacations and stuff, we we do eat out. And so these are just little things that I struggle with whenever you know we're on vacation or we're traveling. And you know, like in Philadelphia, we were there and I I was at the gym again. It's like six o'clock in the morning. I'm at the gym and I had stepped out because I wanted, I couldn't find the water dispenser to fill up my water bottle again. And I didn't want to go back to the room and wake Zach up and, you know, be stressed out about not being able to find the room. Um, even though I landmarked, like it's still a stressful situation every time I'm traveling to the gym or back you know, independently back to the room because everything looks the same. Like every, every room looks the same. And even though I count the doors and those types of things, all it takes is one, one little turn to be wrong and I get disoriented. So I, um, try and stay in one place and go the same way that I came and and stay in the same routes both ways and try and make a little routine no matter where I go. That way it kind of minimizes the stress and anxiety for me. But I was trying to like get some water when I was at the gym in Philadelphia at that hotel and I, I got a little disoriented and I went to the restroom. I was getting ready to go into the restroom and fill it up at the sink. And um, I heard somebody in the restroom and I was like, I, you know, it sounded like they were in there cleaning. So I knocked on the door and um, said, you know, may, may I come in? And they're like, the restroom's the restroom's closed. Can't you read the sign? And I was like, well, no, actually, I, I didn't even see a sign. So anyway, I turned around and went back to the gym. But, you know, like even the simplest things, you know, are, I feel are typically cited population and society take it for granted that you can walk around and see the sign outside the door that says that the restroom is closed like it it wasn't even open like for the day I wasn't even supposed to be at that restroom um but I I didn't even see it and um I get myself in those kind of situations all the time and people tend to have that reaction like or roll their eyes like they don't realize I can see them rolling their eyes because they think that I'm just like trying to do whatever I want and not pay attention to the sign when really it's like how am I supposed to read a sign if I didn't even see a sign so that was something that had happened in Philadelphia um and I will stay on the restroom um 
topic because going into restrooms is one of the most stressful things for me um, when we're out in public because I just feel like restrooms they everything blends together in restrooms like most of the time I cannot see going into a restroom especially if it's like going from outside to inside of a restroom like if you're at an amusement park or you know just anything at an outdoor facility I do not do well with it my eyes don't adjust um I just struggle with recognizing if the floor is the wall is the ceiling I have trouble determining which bathroom stalls are open and you know sometimes I have a cane and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I will walk in and, you know, there's a line and I walk right past the whole line, don't even see it and go, you know, I feel so silly. But I didn't see him there because I come in and the, the walls there where this whole line is and I don't have any peripheral vision. I just see that the, you know, the pathway's clear ahead of me and I'm just going in there and button in front of everybody and everybody's looking at me like I'm rude, but it's like, I didn't even see you all there. So I'm sorry. Like, um, and you know, if I don't have a cane, then they really think that, that I'm just being rude and, you know, trying to go ahead of them and everything. So it's stressful. Like, and even if I have a cane, you know, people tend to just kind of stay away from you like they don't want to interact with you like I can think of two times where I've gone into a restroom by myself without a friend or without Jackson you know my youngest son because he's he's still little enough that he he can I feel like he's okay to take me into the restroom and help me find the stall, which he still does. He's still willing. He will take his little hand and put it in my hand and take me and find the restroom. And he will wait there for me and help me find the soap and, you know, help me find the paper towels or the trash can to throw things, you know, away. And like he, he still helps with all that, but you know, I try and do it by myself, especially if he has, if, if the boys have to go to the restroom too, like, you know, I try and do it by myself to save time and everything. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just tricky because people try and stay away from you. Um, if I'm by myself, I have my cane, like I can think of two times. One time was when, we were in an airport and someone asked me if I need, it was a huge restroom, like all over the place, you know, just everything. It was just really, really big. I felt like I could have got lost. And I had someone come up to me and say, excuse me, ma'am, do you need any assistance? And I said, well, well, yes, please. Will you help me find, you know, uh, an available restroom to go into? And you know, that's one time. And then recently I had someone that asked for assistance, but very rarely do people ask if they can help They're They will look at you and you can just, I can see them. They don't think I can see them, but I can see them just like move away. Like they just want to avoid it. They want to avoid you. They don't want to help. Um, and I manage, I do just fine. But there are times where I am so disoriented when I go into the restroom that I can't even find the door to get out of it. And I just feel my heart panicking, like, 
what, how am I going to get out of here? And in those times, I start using little tricks that I've kind of picked up along the way, like look for light under the door, um, you know, look for light towards the bottom of the walls and everything, because that's probably a crack of the door that you can, you know, that's where you're going to leave. Or, um, you know, listen for sounds uh, like getting closer to you that might be outside of the restroom. So I kind of try and get into my other senses when I'm doing those types of things. But I mean, it's like, you're probably wondering, why are you talking so much about going into a restroom? But like, that's a big part of public. Like when you're going out and you're out for hours of the day, you have to, you have to use the restroom sometimes, especially as much water as I drink. Like, so I, you know, something so simple that our typically sighted friends may take for granted, like it's a very stressful aspect of going out in public for myself and others with um, visual impairments or, or low vision in general. Um, I actually had a student who had a really neat um, way of um, entering the restroom. The student would say, how many? you know, the student would go to the restroom, like towards the door and say, how many? And, you know, that student would understand how many, you know, people were in there, or they would ask how many, you know, if there was any that weren't occupied. Um, so that was a really good trick. But as an adult, I don't quite feel super comfortable going into some strange restroom and be like, how many's in here? Like, I could, and I love that tactic, and I love that that student was comfortable doing that at such a young age. But, um, you know, I, I just haven't got there yet. Like I said, this is all a process for me. I'm trying to still go through the acceptance of everything, like, um, and try and figure out when I need help and when I don't need help. I still want to be independent. So um, it's it's just a constant battle that, that I'm trying to deal with, um, you know, every day. I was at the movie theaters with my mom in law this past weekend, and I was reminded of all the struggles that I have had in movie theaters. Um, I did fine this past weekend. I didn't have uh, my cane with me or anything, but you know, I still needed my mother in law's assistance to take me into the movie theaters and find a seat and then leave the movie theaters because it's so dimly lit in the movie theaters. Even even prior to the movie starting, you know, it's it's still too dim for me to, to truly navigate, especially coming from, you know, where it's a little bit brighter out in the hallway and going into the movie theater. And you usually have to go through some winding walls. And like, I, you know, was trying to cut the corner way too soon and ran into a wall as we were leaving. And like, so that kind of stuff happens all the time. And thankfully, like I have people that I go to the movies with, but the, just the lighting in there, um, you know, I try and stay stationary whenever I am at the, you know, movie theaters or e really even anywhere that we're like sitting down and watching something because I don't want to get up and have to navigate through people. And, you know, that kind of takes me back to the soccer game that we went to. Um, there were, I think, 50,000 people at that North Carolina, at the soccer game we just were at at North Carolina. 
and it was chaotic. Oh my goodness, it was so chaotic. I didn't have my cane, and people were probably like, why wouldn't you take your cane when you're in, you know, such a busy area? But it's like, when we're trying to keep a hold of our boys and keep an eye on them and navigate with a cane through all those people when you're kind of like toe to heel with everybody, a cane wouldn't have made a difference for me in that type of situation. It really would have made things more stressful because every time I hit someone, I would have felt bad. Like it just, it, it would have been more stressful aspect for me. Um, you know, there were people just like cutting through you and, um, it, it was it, long lines. It was hard to, you know, find the seat and trust me, I, I had a great time at the game and everything. The boys loved it. You know, obviously I can't see anything. Like I couldn't see the players or anything on the field, but you know, Zach and the boys could see and they had a good time and that that's all that mattered to me. Um, now, towards the end, I, I did look over at Zach and said, you know, because it was dark, it was, you know, after 930, I said, you know, could, could we leave like 10 minutes early so we can try and avoid some of the crowds? Because just the thought, and I'm telling you, I thought about this like the majority of the game, um, just the thought of trying to get out of that stadium with 50,000 people and being in the dark, just, I was panicking inside. I was really, really like nervous about it because I couldn't see very well going into the game when it was daylight and then trying to keep an eye on the boys. Like that's a whole nother concern for me is, you know, not just myself, but keeping an eye on our boys and making sure they're safe. So we made it through. We didn't end up avoiding the crowds. Like they all kind of had the same idea. So um, it was more Zach kind of grabbed my hand. The boys were right there with us. And Zach kind of led me out of there back to our car. And um, it was very congested, made me very anxious. But he did very well with me, like telling me when steps were coming up or down and, um, you know, different changes in elevation and stuff. But it's really stressful having someone take you and you really don't know, you know, when a step is for real coming till you find it. Like I still, even though he tells me this stuff's coming, I still kind of hesitate with it and, um, you know, can't move as fast as he, he wants to move and everything. And, um, like if I had my cane, I'd definitely have to go slower than that because I'd be more independent and more cautious with it. So, um, you know, it's just something that you constantly have to deal with and, and face whenever you're going out in public anywhere. The most simple thing, the simple thing, a trip to the grocery store. Like I can't see very well in our grocery store that we go to. I can't see very well in Walmarts. Like there are obstacles everywhere and the lighting is especially terrible at Walmart. Um, 
you know, and everything's so cluttered in there. Like the best way I can just describe like going out into an unfamiliar place or going out into a store is it's like the Where's Waldo books or the I Spy books. That's what it's like to me. There's just so much visual clutter everywhere and so many things that my eyes are kind of getting drawn to. And then the lights above and um, just and trying to be aware of where I am so I'm not running into someone and trying to keep an eye on our children you know, so that nobody's grabbing them or that they're staying right there with us. Like, it's very, very stressful. Um, you know, I'm definitely getting better with it. I don't get as anxious anymore because, you know, we practice, we go, we're always on the run. We're always traveling. We are either traveling on vacation or we're going out in public with taking our boys to their sporting events. Um, so it's just a part of life. And I, I refuse to, you know, not be a part of everything that they do and to have them miss out on experiences. I want to give them as many experiences as I can. And I want to be a part of all of them. And if that means that I have to, you know, be stressed out in these situations, well, you know, that that's how it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm surviving. It's, it's not always comfortable, but um, God gives me the strength and the peace to keep moving forward and protecting us. And, you know, thankfully Zach and the boys are there to kind of help guide in those different types of situations. Um, you know, like I said, like the boys are in so many different types of um, sporting events. They they used to do jujitsu for so many years and we took them there a couple times a week, sometimes three times a week. And I can't I could not see there <laughs> like but I wanted to be there every time I couldn't see in the lighting I my eyes never adjusted when I was there like I would walk in and I would lose Zach like Zach would be right in front of me and if I let go of his hand or his arm I could not find him and I would get really stressed out and panicked about that because you know I'd feel silly if he kept if he had turned and I kept walking and you know he's like hey and then I couldn't find where he was so it's just the most simple things like taking your kids to jujitsu. Um, you know, it's more like me not being able to see them do their sports. Of course, I'd love to see what they're doing, but it's more the stressful um, transition into these places or into these unfamiliar environments that, um, you know, give me that anxiety. It's, it's not necessarily that I can't see what they're doing. Like Zach does a pretty good job of narrating, um, you know, what they're doing or whatever. Now he doesn't sit there and do it constantly, but if I ask him, he'll tell me, you know, who the, they were partnered with or Jackson has the ball in the soccer field or whatever. And, you know, our soccer friends, they're really good about, you know, narrating different things as well um, at this point after all these years of watching soccer with us and everything. But um, lighting, it, it gets me every time in public. Like, and I'm thinking about, um, you know, in the schools when I worked in uh, the previous district that I was in, you know, I was in 
um, 10 or more schools a year, depending on, you know, the students on my caseload. And all those schools were different. Um, the way that you entered the building, like the where, where the front office was, everything was different in all of those schools. And I would really have to slow down when I would come into the school building. I'd have to kind of walk in with my eyes closed because either doing that or wearing sunglasses actually into the building, that helped my eyes adjust a little bit quicker. It still, you know, takes a very long time, especially if it's a really bright sunny day and I'm going into the building and I would get disoriented sometimes. Like I, you know, had a good familiar pathway that I would take into most of the buildings. But if one thing was moved, like the clipboard to sign in, or there was an extra clipboard there to sign into the school, or, you know, a box that was kind of set in front of the door, like I've tripped over that kind of stuff, or my cane has hit it. Like, you know, there's so many different obstacles that I would encounter because of my my vision loss and the difficulties that I have with my blinding disease and you know going into the school then if you you know once you get past that front main office there are so many moving little obstacles with children like I would get stressed out if I were traveling in the hallway and there were a lot of kids moving around um, I'd have to really try and go slow because you know I would be cautious of the little children I didn't want to run them over because they were all below my um, visual fields they're all below my nose so I couldn't see them um, wet floor signs like I you know I had to go slow so I didn't hit those because there's spills in the schools or trash cans that are just randomly like out in the middle of the hallway or just signs like during state testing and everything when there's signs like those unpredictable things that aren't typically there like they were always stressors to me within the school building and you know I for some of my students I were I was in their classrooms um throughout the school days and you know I remember doing different types of worksheets say say a student um, did things in Braille, and I would follow along in print. So I would take a picture with my iPad, and I would zoom in and, you know, help the student with the Braille as I was following along with the print. And by the end of every day, I'm, and for three years, I had the worst headache. And my eyes would get super blurry because they were so tired from straining my eyes from being in all of these different, um, you know, school buildings and environments and stressful situations. Um, I, I would come home with a, a headache like I made myself sick for three years trying to um, deal with the the. The, the varying aspects of going out into public and the lighting and just everything that kind of goes into going out into public. And I traveled with my cane. I, you know, I've said this in previous entries, I traveled with my cane in the school buildings and I still felt very anxious. And I felt more anxious when I was traveling with students 
especially little students, might have been pre-K age because I wanted to keep them safe. And I tried to, you know, hold their hands so I didn't lose them. Like, like I never lost a kid, so that was good. <laughs> but these are the kind of things that I thought about. Like, I thought about those kind of things when my boys were growing up. Like, I didn't want to lose them. They were below my visual fields. And um, so just to be taken back into that, but plus being in a... Um, you know, a public setting where there's so many different obstacles and so many different things that were unpredictable. Um, it was, it was very stressful to me. And, um, you know, I, I tried to find little ways of overcoming. Of course I did landmarks. Like I counted where doors were and everything, but there would be situations where I'd go into a middle school to see one of my students. And then, you know, that student's teacher would be um, absent that day. So then the class was combined in, with a different class and I'd have to go find the classroom for that student, you know, where the student would be so I could go get the student. And, um, you know, that was stressful because I was so used to, you know, a familiar route. I had my landmarks picked out and, you know, to have to go find it again. But I always did. I made do, but it stressed me out. Like I just felt myself starting to sweat and get hot. Like every time something like that would happen, I would get anxious about it. And, you know, that's, that's, a part of living with this. Like, I, I can't, like I've said before, I don't know that I'll ever arrive with all of this because there's just always so many different variables that kind of really challenge you every day and that people just, they don't realize it. Like Zach realizes it because, you know, I've shared different things with him and he picked me up every day from work and I come home and my eyes would be bloodshot red and exhausted from straining them all day. And for the first two years of work, I came home and did school two nights a week. Like I sat on the computer for two and a half hours, two nights a week and did, did school and had a lecture, a live lecture. And so I had more screen time. Like I, I just, it, it was a lot, it was a lot. And it still is a lot because I still strain my eyes when I'm in different settings and everything, because again, the lighting, fluorescent lighting really can do a number on you. Um, glares can do a number on you um, when you have a visual impairment. And that's not just specific to my visual impairment, like many of the you know individuals I worked with had similar things that they struggled with in terms of glare sensitivities, um, different types of um, transitioning from different lighting and different getting oriented in different environments. Um, and they didn't have the same diagnosis as me. So there's just a lot of things that are common with individuals with visual impairment. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're blind it's just things that you may encounter. Like when we were at Virginia Beach a couple weeks ago, I like to run. When we're at the beach, we stay at a hotel where we can, you know, see the, see the ocean and everything. And we're really close to the concrete boardwalk whenever we um, are, you know, staying there at the hotel. That way in the morning, I can go out and run and enjoy, you know, see, looking over and seeing the ocean, the sunrise. And, you know, have that experience, but 
I have noticed in recent years, and especially this year, it's really stressful for me because things are starting to blend in. Um, the glare of the sun on the ocean and kind of the glare of the sun on windows of the hotels, uh, they're really starting to make my eyes hurt when I'm running. But if I'd wear sunglasses when I was running, it would restrict my vision even more. So I run without sunglasses on. And actually this past time when we were at Virginia Beach, um, my left eye, which is actually the eye that is going to have the surgery for, um, you know, the LCA5 clinical trial, it's a very dry eye. So if it's tired or really dry, it's super, super blurry. And it just so happened that that week it was really, really blurry. And I really had to give it all that I had to pay attention when I was out running. You know, I ran five miles each day out on the boardwalk. And there are a lot of runners. Even at 630 in the morning, there are a lot of runners. There are a lot of walkers. The trash trucks come up and, you know, they do their thing the whole time on the boardwalk. And, you know, there's different cracks and stuff that might get you whenever you're running or walking. So it was, it was very stressful to me. And I don't remember being that stressed previous years. Um, it, it, I just, I don't know if I'm noticing these things more or if my vision, you know, has, uh, progressed, my vision loss has progressed more. Um, but I'm not going to stop doing it. Like, my grandmother, she really gets on me about running because she's afraid I'm going to get hurt because I've taken some pretty bad tumbles when I was out running, you know, if I fall over a curb or, um, you know, different things that I'll get into here eventually about my fitness and running, my running journey and um, some of the challenges related to that because of my vision. But um, it's just one of those things like, yeah, it's it's not the kind of light, the dim light in the restaurant, but the sun also provides light and the glare sensitivities like they're a real issue whenever you're out in public, whether you're inside or outside. And, you know, in that type of situation, I wasn't wearing sunglasses, like I said. And um, so I was kind of trying to squint, but yet I was keep trying to keep my eyes open so I could see where I was. And, you know, I just, again, I feel like people take for granted, people that can see well take for granted just being able to walk out on a boardwalk and just go for a run. Like, and, and this isn't by any means trying to make anybody feel bad. It's just, it's trying to help people understand what it's like to walk through life with limited vision and to appreciate the vision that you do have. If, if you see 2020 and you don't have some type of visual impairment to appreciate that and to also be on the lookout, if there are ways that you can help somebody that might be blind or that may have low vision, like if you see someone kind of being anxious in a bathroom and, you know, they look a little stressed out, like, you know, maybe ask if they need help, you know, um, it's, it's kind of, I'm, I guess I'm trying to encourage people to just be on the lookout in ways that you could help somebody out and serve 
and try and help people who are blind or visually impaired feel more comfortable in public or feel more comfortable in society in general. And, you know, that that may mean that we have to look up from our phone more so we can see the people around us and pay more attention to um you know, our surroundings. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is other than that. There are a ton of us out there who, who have, you know, different, differing, um, degrees of vision loss. And, you know, we are usually always welcoming to assistance. I, I can speak for myself that, you know, if somebody, offers to assist me or, or, you know, even asks, like, I, I might not always take it. Um, I certainly probably would in a restroom or a public place, but, um, you know, just the fact that someone cared enough to ask is, is just so wonderful to me whenever, whenever that happens personally. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I would just love to see a world that, you know, was more inclusive to blind people or people with disabilities in general, Um, you know, and just while we're on the topic of helping um, and guiding, you know, if you ever see a blind individual with a cane, and you might see that they might be struggling, or if you know someone who has low vision, and now you've listened to this journal entry and now you're like oh I wonder if my friend who has a visual impairment you know might need some assistance coming outside to inside or going into the restroom you can always ask if they need a human guide and you say you know whatever the person's name is or do you need it would you like a human guide and then you can kind of stick your arm down um, and step in front of them and, you know, direct them to where where you are. Well, I'm standing in front of you and I have my right arm, you know, pointed down. Would you like to grab one to the back of my arm? Or if it's a little kid, um, to have the little child grab like below your elbow um, if they're not tall enough to get the back of your arm, like where your tricep area is. So <laughs> there's just so many ways that that we can help, but it, but it does take being observant and, you know, recognizing your surroundings or knowing, you know, different types of scenarios that may be a difficult and challenging situation for an individual who's blind or visually impaired. I really, really, truly appreciate you all listening in again. I know this was a lengthier one. I, I can get on these topics and talk for hours at a time. I'm, you know, when it's coming from the heart and it's personal, um, and I have a mission of sharing and educating and advocating for, you know, this population of society. Like I seriously could talk about this for hours, but but I know your time is precious, so thank. Thank you again for listening and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.